Welcome to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. In this podcast, we help believers develop spiritual discernment. I am your host, Don Simmons, author, speaker, and YouTube host of Life Journey with Don Simmons. My purpose here is to explain Satan's strategies and how his kingdom functions to better equip you in reducing conflict, chaos, and ultimately eliminate Satan's influence in your life. These are life-changing conversations. We'll get started with this week's message in just a few moments. But first I want to ask you, would you like to know more about biblical history or historic and biblical places? Visit my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, to watch and learn about travels in historic areas discussed in the Bible. Come with us as we explore ancient places and share cultural background and influences on early Christianity. We will take you places where Paul wrote and shared the gospel. That's Life Journey with Don Simmons on YouTube. Welcome back. I am your host, Don Simmons. And in this episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies, we are beginning our discussion on the nine spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. We actually started this discussion a few weeks ago when we discussed prophecy. That was a two-part episode where we discussed not only the spiritual gift of prophecy, but also the office of the prophet. With this episode, we're going to lay the groundwork for the nine spiritual gifts as a whole. We will discuss if these gifts are real and whether or not these gifts, each of these gifts, are available for us today. As we continue the year, we will cover the remaining eight gifts, not necessarily in order, because we also want to cover topics such as the demonic influence of the spirit of religion, which often interferes with the spiritual gifts in operation. I want to bring you back to the scripture that is our starting point for all discussions regarding the spiritual gifts. Paul provides us with a list and an explanation in his letter to the Corinthians. The Corinthian church was having organizational and doctrinal problems and needed guidance in order to fully understand when the Holy Spirit was at work and what the Holy Spirit was providing. So Corinthians 12, verse 1 through 11. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God, says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. 
Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So to summarize what Paul shared, the nine spiritual gifts are wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, miraculous powers, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. The gifts can be categorized by what they provide to the receiver. The Holy Spirit is the giver of the gift, and we, Holy Spirit-filled believers, are the receivers of the gifts. So, let's let's put them in a, a way that may be easy to memorize. The, the gifts we use out of the power we have from the Holy Spirit are faith, healings, and miraculous powers. Gifts where the Holy Spirit uses us in revelation are wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Gifts where the Holy Spirit uses us and are spoken are prophecy, which we've discussed, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. One of the misconceptions I want to clear up at the beginning of our discussion is that we are truly speaking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So someone may look at wisdom and say, well, I've made some pretty wise decisions in my life. And that is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. That is a man or woman who has made wise decisions. Nothing more than that. When we are speaking of gifts, we are speaking of an action or a behavior that produces an outcome as a result of the Holy Spirit's supernatural activity provided to us in a gift. Nowadays, we have lost our understanding of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't know the true power that these first century Christians experienced and therefore needed Paul's guidance to function in the gifts properly. Nowadays, most Christians can not name these nine gifts, but they also don't even know what they are. And that is why we are here, my friends, to correct that and to reveal what God has for us. Part of the problem is that church leadership has turned their back on God for centuries. You cannot expect modern Christians to know what most preachers not only won't preach, but outright deny exists. The denial belief has been perpetuated and grown for centuries. The enemy won't stand in the way of a movement that denies the belief in the power and authority the Holy Spirit provides 
because the denial belief system castrates itself to be powerless and ignorant of God. I know that seems strong to say, but if you listen to any believer that says the gifts are not for today, you will also see someone who does not have a relationship with Holy Spirit, that is not guided by the Holy Spirit, that does not engage with the Holy Spirit, nor is he or she a person who hears what the Holy Spirit has to say to them. There's no heart there, just one-dimensional Christianity that will only allow what their level of faith dictates. I have met so many individuals who think this way, and I can't even count them, it's so many. Their argument is a blanket, the gifts are not for today. They then say that anyone functioning in the gifts is a heretic, or making it up, or has a mental health issue. The problem with their statement is that if you ask, why are they not for today? You generally get as a response, because we don't need them today. If you ask, why don't we need them? Then the answer is either we have the Holy Spirit or we have the Bible. The problem with that argument is that the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. So again, why don't we need these gifts? As far as the Bible is concerned, how blessed are we to have the written Bible available in so many ways to us? The Bible does not negate the Holy Spirit. The Bible testifies to the Holy Spirit, and the Bible testifies to the giving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. First century Christians did have portions of the Bible written, scrolls, or letters that were circulated. Now the question becomes, where does the Bible say these gifts cease to operate? There is nowhere written in the Bible that even alludes to a cessation. So all those who call themselves cessationists are spreading false doctrine. So you have mega churches such as John MacArthur telling millions of people a lie. And he will have to answer for that one day. Just because the church is big does not mean that what is said is true. To further explain cessationists, they believe these sign gifts, such as prophecy, described in the Bible, were temporarily granted to the apostles to authenticate the origin and truth of the scriptures. And at the close of the apostolic age, these gifts had served their purpose and ceased to be granted. The problem with that is that the Bible does not say that anywhere. The Bible says we will do greater things than what Jesus did because he had to leave us. And it also tells us that he sent us a helper to do the greater things. We cannot do these greater things in our own power. It is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. But let's take that a step further. And if we look at 1 Corinthians, who Paul is talking to that we're using this, where we get our doctrine from, those were not apostles. Those were not people that were, many of them, even alive during the time that the, the apostles, the, the, the Pentecost even happened. 
So that doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's, it's something that you have to understand, read, and have faith and believe that the Holy Spirit is there and provides this to us. Now, cessationists are likely the biggest argument you will hear against the gifts. And they can get very angry and even mean-spirited in defending their position. The fruit or lack of fruit in the conversation tells you what you need to know about their true character. Now, what if you've never experienced the gifts or have never seen the gifts in operation? That's okay. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the gifts. Ask for the gifts. As we go through each gift, think about which one you would like to have and ask the Holy Spirit for that gift. I say one, not because you can't have all nine, but to start to learn and be developed in one at first is reasonable. If you already have three, then ask for more. We don't want to be satisfied with one or two gifts if more are available to us. The more gifts we have, the more we can do for the kingdom. You don't have to have just one gift. A lot of Christians will have a gift and never really fully develop it and just be satisfied in that one gift. And that's not the full life that Jesus came for us to have. We can have more. And we're not talking, you know, a lot of people get caught up in in the prosperity doctrine. That has nothing to do with wanting more and what Jesus came to give us more life. So where do we go from here? Well, we, we already discussed prophecy. So we'll continue to go through and discuss the remaining spoken gifts. So our next podcast on this subject will be tongues. And then we will follow up with interpretation of tongues. So if you have any questions along the way, email me at contact at conquering our unseen enemies.com. Then over the remainder of the year, we will address the revelation and the power gifts by category. Many times the gifts work together, so we will talk about them as orderly as we can. We want to demystify the gifts and clarify misgivings. I have met a few people who have had what they refer to as bad experiences with the gifts. When they explained what happened, it's really more they either had a bad experience with a person at a meeting where gifts were in operation, or they didn't understand what was going on and it made them very uncomfortable. Unfortunately, that happened recently at a church I'm familiar with. There's a group that meets and about half of the group hears from the Lord and the other half isn't there yet, but all in the group understand each other, so it tends to work out. An invite was given for someone to attend the meeting, but this person, it was a woman, had no idea what was going on. And as a result, it scared the invitee, this woman, and so she did not return. Now, I hope that never happens to you, but if it does, don't shut your heart to God. He may want to use you. The gifts will only be in operation with someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Will God make exceptions to this for his purposes? Of course he can. But by and large, the gifts are intended for those who are filled with the Spirit. 
Now, does that mean you have to be all weird? And I say that complete honesty. Sometimes spirit-filled people tend to be a bit more dramatic than is necessary. Sometimes it's for attention. Sometimes it's just misguided. Look past the nonsense and look for the Holy Spirit. One comment I hear too often is this. If the Holy Spirit wants me to have gifts, he'll give them to me. The answer is, no, he won't. The Holy Spirit is not going to give you a gift you don't want and that you won't bother to invest the time with him to be developed in the use of the gift. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he would never give something that carries such a big responsibility to someone who doesn't understand it, appreciate it, or know anything about it. If you want a gift, you not only have to ask for it, you may have to wait for it. He may want to wait for you to be sure that you're ready and committed. As we go through each gift, we will discuss the benefits, but we will also be discussing the costs of having gifts. Understand that the gifts once given are irrevocable. Paul tells us that in Romans eleven twenty nine. That is why you are able to see some people able to heal people in the most miraculous ways, but yet they're living in sin. We have to look at these gifts from the perspective that the gift is about the gift giver, not the one who has the gift. If we lose focus and make it about the one who has the gift, that house will fall. How many well-known pastors have we seen fall prey to redirecting the focus to themselves as if they were doing anything by their own might? I know that all that we've discussed so far has been really heavy. And I'm sorry for that, but I feel it is really important to address those aspects that have prevented the move of the Holy Spirit. We need to talk about these things and get them out of our way. We don't want any of it hanging in the back of our minds as we move forward to the good stuff, the great stuff, the most unbelievable stuff. With each gift, we will explain what it is and we will talk through some modern examples of the gift in action. Maybe some things you won't believe, but that's okay. They still happened. I share what I know to be true. As one who does not shy away from controversy, our next episode will be on tongues. Probably one of the most heated, widely debated, misunderstood gift of all of them. I hope you've enjoyed our time discussing the nine gifts of the Spirit, and I hope it has helped to build your understanding. We cannot fully conquer our unseen enemies until we understand everything the Holy Spirit makes available to us. If you know anyone who might benefit from this, please share. As always, let's discuss our top show points. We are discussing the nine gifts of the Spirit. We can find them in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-11. through 11. To summarize what Paul shared, the nine spiritual gifts are wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, 
miraculous powers, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. The gifts we use out of the power we have from the Holy Spirit are faith, healings, miraculous powers. The gifts we have where the Holy Spirit uses us in revelation are wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. The gifts where the Holy Spirit uses us and are spoken are prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. When we are speaking of the gifts, we're speaking of an action or a behavior that produces an outcome as a result of the Holy Spirit's supernatural activity provided to us in a gift. And by and large, we have lost our understanding in these modern times of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Part of the problem is the church leadership has turned their back on God for centuries. You cannot expect modern Christians to know what most preachers not only won't preach, but outright deny exists. And that denial belief has been perpetuated and grown for centuries. If you listen to any believer that says the gifts are not for today, you will also see someone who does not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that is not guided by the Holy Spirit, that does not engage with the Holy Spirit, nor is he or she a person who hears what the Holy Spirit has to say to them. There is no heart there, just one-dimensional Christianity. Those who say the gifts are not for today will say anyone functioning the gifts is a heretic or making it up or has a mental health issue. They don't believe we need the gifts today. If you ask why, why don't we need them, then the answer is either we have the Holy Spirit or we have the Bible. The problem with that argument is the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. So again, why don't we need the gifts As far as the Bible concerned, the Bible does not negate the Holy Spirit. The Bible testifies to the Holy Spirit, and the Bible testifies to the giving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We discuss cessationists who believe that these sign gifts described in the Bible were temporarily granted to the apostles to authenticate the origin and truth of the scriptures, and that at the close of the apostolic age, these gifts had served their purpose and ceased to be granted. Cessationists are spreading false doctrine, and one of the most well-known cessationists is John MacArthur. Remember, just because a church is big doesn't mean what they're teaching is true. I've met a few people who have had what they refer to as bad experiences with the gift, and when they explain what happened, it's really more that they either had a bad experience with a person at a meeting where the gifts were in operation, or they just didn't understand what was going on, and it made them very uncomfortable. We should ask for the gifts as we go through each gift. Think about which one you would like to have and ask the Holy Spirit for that gift. Now, one comment I I hear too often is that the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit wants me to have gifts, he'll give them to me. And no, he will not. The Holy Spirit is not going to give you a gift you don't want and that you won't bother to invest the time with him to be developed in the use of that gift. He's not going to give you a gift without the expectation that you will then use it for the kingdom. Uh, let's see. If you want a gift, you not only have to ask for it, you may have to wait for it. He may want to make sure you are ready and committed. As you go through each gift, we'll discuss the benefits, but we'll also be discussing the costs of having gifts. Understand that the gifts once given are irrevocable. Paul tells us that in Romans eleven twenty nine. And then we always, always, always have to look at these gifts from the perspective that the gift 
is about the gift giver, not the one who has the gift. If we lose focus and make it about the one who has the gift, that house will fail. It should always be the Lord first and us behind. What people should see is the Lord, not us. We encourage you to have an active Bible reading plan. It will be helpful in gaining wisdom and understanding, and it is required for the gift of spiritual discernment. Uh, If you want to learn more about how to hear God's voice, which is necessary in order to function in the spiritual gifts, take a look at my book, Loving Conversations, How to Pray and Hear God's Voice. There's also a study guide available and two devotionals out based on the Loving Conversations book. One devotional is for women and one is for men. And those are available on the website, Loving Conversations, Salo, that's S-A-L-O dot com. I also have a class coming up on 8-2 based on the Loving Conversations book on how to hear God's voice. So if you're, if you're interested in the book, what it does is it takes you through a process And it teaches you how to hear the voice of God and how to document that and how to ensure that it's his voice and not your own. And if you don't want to go through that reading the book alone, but you want some guidance, I have a class. I'll be available live online that starts on 8-2. Also follow us on Instagram on uh, Conquering Our Unseen Enemies or on the Loving Conversations Instagram site to get more content that's relevant to the book. I have enjoyed our time this week, and I look forward to spending time with you again next week. That is all we have for this week's episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. I hope you enjoyed your time with me, and I would kindly ask you to rate our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. Now, if you have a story or a question you want to share, please email me at contact at conqueringourunseenenemies.com. We do not need to use your name. And finally, please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it and enjoy it. So until next time, remember, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy but we can give him an eviction notice 